Hey everyone, welcome back to the Monclova Baptist Church podcast. We're thankful that you joined us today. Hey, if you would do us a favor at the end of this episode, make sure that you follow us on our social, Instagram and Facebook, and subscribe to our YouTube channel and hit that bell button so that you get notified every time that we post new content. If you also want to stay connected with us beyond Sunday morning, make sure that you download the MRBC app on the Google Play Store or the App Store. Now let's dive in. All right, take your Bibles with me to Matthew chapter number one, if you would please, Matthew chapter number one, and then if you would also go to John 14, and then 1 Thessalonians chapter number four. So if you'll find your place, Matthew chapter one, John 14, and then 1 Thessalonians chapter number four, we're preaching through the book of 1 Thessalonians on Sunday mornings. I hope that's been an encouragement to you. Last week, to start the Christmas season, I preached on fornication. Probably not the best uh, 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 message to preach to start the Christmas season, but that's where we were at in First Thessalonians. And so um, uh, I appreciate you hanging in there as we're going through this book. But Matthew chapter number one is the story, the story of, of Jesus Christ, the birth of Jesus. Follow along, if you would please, in verse number 20. Uh, Matthew chapter number one, verse number 20. But while he thought on these things, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a dream, saying, Joseph, thou son of David, fear not to take unto thee Mary thy wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost. And she shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. Now all of this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken of the Lord by the prophet saying, Behold, a virgin shall be with child and shall bring forth a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted is God with us. Then Joseph, being raised from sleep, did as the angel of the Lord had bidden him and took him his wife and knew her not till she had brought forth her firstborn son, and he called his name Jesus. Father, help us today, I pray, as we look into your word. Lord, we have just a few weeks before the Christmas morning where we celebrate your son. Lord, this is a special time of year. We we set this aside so that we could think of what um, the reason why you came. And Lord, we do celebrate and thank you for sending Jesus Christ to uh, this earth, be born so that our sin debt could be paid for. And so, Lord, I pray that over these next few weeks, as we look at the Christmas story, as we look at who Jesus Christ is and what he did for us, that you would minister to hearts. I pray that you would comfort. I pray that you would encourage. I pray that you would um, help, Lord, those that are hurting. Lord, I pray that you'd meet needs. Lord, I pray that you would bless our Um, desire to give through our Christmas offering. And I pray, Lord, most of all, through all of that, that you would receive glory and that you'd receive honor, that Jesus Christ would be exalted and magnified. And Lord, we pray that men and women and boys and girls would come to know you as their Savior. So that's our prayer, Lord, and we pray that you'd answer it according to your will. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. In Matthew, we read of the announcement of the birth of Jesus here in Matthew chapter number one. And I know if you've been in church for any length of time, this is a 
passage of Scripture, one that we normally go to this time of year, one that uh, we look and we celebrate and we look at Jesus Christ. And many probably have these verses memorized because you've heard the Christmas story since you were a child. The long-awaited Messiah would soon be born. The angel comes and says to Joseph that in just a little while, Mary is going to give birth to a child. Joseph, knowing that this could not be his child, but the angel says to Joseph, and I want you to see in these, verse number 20, the angel says these two words, fear not. And I want you to highlight those words or mark those words. He says, fear not. Since the fall of man, a redeemer was promised. And finally, that long-awaited Messiah is going to come. Mankind is going to experience deliverance. Mankind is going to experience forgiveness. And mankind is now going to experience hope like it's never had before. God created man in the garden there to fellowship with him and to spend uh, time with him. But man sinned. And since that sin, some 4,000 years previous to the birth of Jesus Christ, mankind has been separated from God. And since the fall of man, sin has brought fear into the world. Now mankind is looking around and sin has brought fear. Man now experiences death because of sin. Mankind now experiences sickness because of sin. Disease has entered the world, and it's all because of sin. Mankind is experiencing hurt and crime and murder and sorrow. And the law has given us, no, has given, uh, was given, and no man was able to keep it. It just proved that man was sinful, and the sinful state of mankind was hopeless. I want you to remember at this season here in the life of Israel, Rome had occupied Israel. So this is causing great fear. The people of God, the Jews, have no freedom. They're under bondage of Rome. Sin has filled the earth, causing much fear. The law revealed man's sinful state, and it's caused much fear. And religion was supposed to be the answer, but religion just brought more bondage to mankind, and mankind is living in fear. And the only hope that mankind would have is the coming Messiah. He'd be their deliverer. He is going to come and be the sacrifice for their sin debt. He is the Lamb of God who is going to take away the sin of the world. The only hope that man has when man is in a state of fear is Jesus Christ. Now, I want you to see this morning in these three passages of Scripture, we're going to go to Matthew, then we're going to see John, and we're going to see finally our text in 1 Thessalonians. I want you to see what we find here. We see at the birth of Jesus, we see this text verse here in verse number 20, fear not. Let's look at this again. But while he thought on these things, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a dream, saying, Joseph, thou son of David, fear not to take unto thee Mary my, thy wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost. I want you to see here, Joseph is told to fear not. Fear not, Joseph, because God is at work. This would be a, a very fearful thing for Joseph, because now Joseph is going to have to make some decisions. 
And I know this story is not new to most people in this room, if not everyone in this room this morning. We every year will look and consider the fact that Joseph has great decisions to make. The one that Joseph is going to spend the rest of his life with, the one that he is planning this wedding with, the one that he's planning to have a family with, the one that he has loved, Mary, is now a child. And Joseph knows that this is not his child. And Mary comes and she is going to give birth to a child. And Joseph has to make a decision. We find in Scripture that Joseph is going to consider this, and he can put Mary away privately, meaning this, that Joseph, knowing this is not his child, thinking that Mary must have had a, a relationship with another man, would have to put her away privately. He's not wanting to make a scene out of this. He's got respect and love for Mary, but he realizes this, if this is not his child, there's decisions that must be made. But the angel of the Lord comes to him and says this to him, fear not. Don't be afraid to take Mary here as your child because God is working. And when God is working, that is a great reason for us to trust and not fear. God is at work. He says this, look with me if you would please, in the very next verse, or in the same verse, the last verse, Uh, sentence of that uh, verse, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost. He says to Joseph, to fear not, God is at work. What you are experiencing, this is the the work of the Holy Ghost. You see, fear has filled the earth. But what Joseph is about to experience is going to dispel all fear, and the reason simply is, is because God is at work. And so I want to look at three things in this this passage of scripture and then go to John 14 and then go to 1 Thessalonians chapter number 4. I want to discover these things. The first, as we look in Matthew, is these things we'll find. We see it at his birth. And the first thing I want you to see is, is this morning. Fear is removed when the Holy Spirit is working. Fear is removed when the Holy Spirit is working. Again, in verse number 20, he is told to fear not because this thing that is happening to Mary is of the Holy Spirit. His work is perfect. Anytime the Holy Spirit of God is working in our life, there is no reason to fear because the work of the Lord is always perfect. The work of the Lord is always holy. Mary was not living in sin. Mary had done nothing wrong. Matter of fact, the opposite is true. God saw Mary and considered Mary to be the mother of his child. Mary was living a life of purity. Mary was living a life of godliness. And that is why God had chosen her to birth his son into this world. Because every time the spirit of God is working, we do not need to fear because his work is always holy. His work always delivers us. Fear is removed when the Spirit of God is working. My friend, we never need to fear when God is at work. At times when God is working, we don't always understand. At times when God is working, it's not always what we would have done. But when God is working, when the Spirit of God is working in our lives, when the Spirit of God is working in your home, when the Spirit of God is working in His church, and when the Spirit of God is working in this world, it's not a cause for us to fear. It is a reason for us to trust because what God does is always right. Number two, I want you to see this in this passage of Scripture. 
not only is fear removed when the Spirit of God is working, fear is removed when our sin has been paid for. Look with me in verse number 21, the Bible says this, and she shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sin. Sin and the bondage of sin brings much fear. It brings confusion. As I said in my introduction this morning, sin has brought much um, sin. Uh, uh, sin has brought much fear into this world, and mankind now is troubled because of sin. Now they're living a life of fear, not sure what to do. They're not sure of what eternity is going to hold. Religion has no answers because religion says to try to be good and try to be perfect, and mankind only finds that no matter how hard they try, perfection is not something that mankind can achieve in his own strength. Being perfect is not something that mankind can be. Doing good is only for a period of time, but man, because we're sinners, we eventually fail, we eventually sin, and because of that, it brings fear. Mankind for centuries has been concerned about what is after the afterlife because mankind now has created religion, has created mechanism, has created things that have only caused us to fear even more because we can't keep the law, because we can't always do good, because we can't achieve perfection. And fear comes inside knowing this, that we can't be good in ourselves. But when the Spirit of God, what we see with the birth of Jesus Christ is that fear is removed when our sins have been paid for. The purpose of Jesus Christ coming to this earth on this Christmas season is for this reason and this reason only is because mankind has sinned and mankind has fallen short of God's glory and mankind needs a sacrifice or a payment for their sin. And God loved us so much that he himself was willing to come come to this earth and be the sacrifice that only God could be. And because of that, fear is removed. Fear is removed. Mankind is no more under the bondage of sin because of Calvary, because of the, the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. There is no more separation from God. For all this time, sin has separated man from God. As I was studying this passage of Scripture, I went back to Genesis chapter 3. As you study about sin and about Adam and Eve and as they've sinned, one of the most tragic things was this, that garden that God had made, that garden that God had placed mankind in, the Garden of Eden, that was a place where God said, I'm going to dwell with mankind. I'm going to fellowship with mankind. I'm going to enjoy the presence of mankind. And man was going to enjoy the presence of God. But when man sinned, Adam and Eve were expelled from the garden. God said this, they're now going to understand good and evil like us. And we can't let them go to that tree of life because then they'll live forever in their sin. So he expels them from the garden. In expelling them from their garden, he's expelling them or separating them from the fellowship of God. And they're no longer able to go back into the garden. There's this cherubim that sits now at the east uh, entrance of that garden with that flaming sword. So mankind seems hopeless and mankind seems lost. And I thought about this. Could you imagine as Adam and Eve is leaving, they're leaving that garden, what their thoughts could be? It's all ruined. There's no more hope. We're never going to walk with God like we did before. 
That decision to disobey God changed so much. When Adam now finds that the ground is going to be cursed and he's going to have to till the ground and he's going to have to sweat, he's going to have to labor, he's going to have to work. Could you imagine the fear that's placed in Adam's life? Could you imagine the fear when, when Eve is told that now you are going to have to have a child and when you have children, you are going to uh, conceive them. It's going to be painful. It's going to be difficult. This is going to be because of the choice that you made to disobey God. Life changed in every single season that the earth would go through. It would cause fear in mankind. For all these years, all these centuries, mankind fears. They fear storms. They fear, fear droughts. They fear rain. They fear weather. Why? Because sin has caused great fear in the heart of mankind. Eve, could you imagine the first time that she would give birth to a child now, now that she has sinned, not understanding, not realizing now the pain that she's going to go through. It brings fear. But when Jesus Christ is involved and the birth of Jesus Christ is going to come, he is going to go to the cross, he is going to pay man's sin debt, and fear is going to be removed from mankind for all of eternity. Why? Because fear is removed when our sins have been paid for. You and I are no longer under the bondage of sin if we have trusted Jesus Christ as our Savior. You and I are no longer a slave to sin. Sin has no hold on us. We are not going to spend eternity in hell paying for our sin debt Jesus Christ has come he has paid our sin debt and there is no need for fear because Jesus Christ has done what only he could do the Bible says this if we confess our sin he is faithful and just to forgive us our sin and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness what does that that verse do it dispels fear Man no longer has to try to live a life of perfection only to fail. Man, man no longer has to worry about what eternity is going to hold. Mankind no longer has to worry about paying their sin debt for all of eternity. Why? Because Jesus Christ paid our sin debt. I want you to see thirdly, fear is, number one, fear is removed when the Spirit of God is working. Number two, fear is removed when our sin has been paid for. And number three, fear is gone in the presence of God. Look with me, if you would, please, in verse number 23. Behold, a virgin shall be with child and shall bring forth a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted is God with us. God with us. See, he tells, the angel tells Joseph to fear not, because this is of the Holy Ghost. He, he tells Joseph to fear not, because our sin debt is going to be paid for because of the payment on the cross, Jesus Christ. And then he shows this, that God is with us. Fear is gone in the presence of God. I often go to this passage of Scripture, and I want you to go there with me to Revelation chapter 21. I often go there at funerals in times to try to encourage people when they've lost someone that they love that knew Jesus Christ. 
But in Revelation chapter 21, we find John is looking out into the future. And he says this in verse number one, and I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth were passed away, and there was no more sea. And I, John, saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And he goes on to say, I heard a great voice out of heaven saying, behold, the tabernacle of God is with men. What does that mean? We are going to be in the presence of God for all of eternity. And he will dwell with them and they shall be his people and God himself shall be with them and be their God. What does the birth of Jesus Christ bring to us? It brings to us the opportunity not to fear. Why? Because the spirit of God is working. Never fear when God is working. Never fear because Jesus Christ has paid our sin debt and we don't need to fear any longer because one day we are going to be in the presence of God. And I want you to see what happens happens in the presence of God. In verse number four, and God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes, and there shall be no more death, neither sorrow nor crying, neither shall there be any more pain, for the former things are passed away. All the things that sin has caused, all the destruction that sin has caused, all the sorrow that sin has caused, all the death that sin has caused is going to be no more because we will be for all of eternity in the presence of God, and this is all because Jesus Christ came and was born into this world. We have the presence of God. Now, go with me if you would please to John 14. So we find this morning in Matthew chapter 1, we find all of this is possible because of the birth of Jesus. All of this is possible. Because Jesus came, we don't need to fear. We don't need to fear. Our sin debt has been paid for. The Spirit of God is at work, and we are going to be in the presence of God for all of eternity. There's no reason to fear. His birth gave us this. Secondly, I want you to see this. We see this not only at his birth, but we also see this at his ascension. Look with, if, with me in verse number one of chapter 14. The Bible says this, let not your heart be troubled. Or, or you could say this, don't have fear. Just like the angel said to Joseph, fear not. Jesus is speaking now. Jesus is going to be speaking about his return back to heaven. He says, let not your heart be troubled. Ye believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you, I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there ye may be also. And whither I go, you know, and the way you know. And Thomas saith unto him, Lord, we know not whither thou goest, and how can we know the way? And Jesus said this, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. I want you to see what we find here in Matthew chapter number one. We find those three things in the birth of our Savior. Now we see Jesus talking about his ascension, talking about him going back to heaven. And he says this, just like 
that Joseph was told not to fear. Now Jesus is talking to his disciples, and he says to his disciples, let not your heart be troubled. Or he's saying to them exactly what was told to Joseph, fear not. Fear not. Why? I want you to see, first of all, fear not, because sin is removed when the Savior is working. Look with me. Our fear is removed when the Savior is working. Look with me in verse number two. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. And look what he says to them. He says, don't be troubled. There's houses. Now listen to me. Just because there's mansions in places in heaven doesn't mean that all of us don't need to fear. Because if I can't get there, and I'm not sure how to get there, and I'm not sure uh, uh, what, what, uh, what the way to heaven is, I'm in a lot of fear. Uh, just because there's a place in heaven that Jesus is, that would cause more fear in my life. I want to go where he is. But I want you to see, look with me in verse number two. He says, in my father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. And this is the place where he says to them that you don't have to be troubled. There doesn't have to be fear because I go to prepare a place for you. I want you to see, just like in the birth of Jesus, as we see the ascension of Jesus, fear is removed when the Savior is working. Jesus says this, I'm not only going back to my father. I'm going back to my father and I'm going to prepare a place for you because I want you there with me. Fear is removed when the savior is working. I go to prepare a place for you. I want you to see second of all, we see this in the ascension of Jesus Christ, that fear is removed when sin has been paid for. Jesus said this, I am the way the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. Jesus is prophesying. Jesus is telling of the time that in just a very short while, he is going to go to the cross. Now, his disciples did not fully understand this. They didn't fully understand what was happening. They thought the Messiah was going to come and he'd deliver them from bondage of Rome. They thought he was going to come and set his kingdom there on this earth. And they were going to have the reign of the Messiah there on this earth. But they were going to learn very shortly that Jesus Yes, he did come, but Jesus Christ was going to go to the cross and Jesus Christ was going to die so that their sin debt was paid for so that he could go back to heaven and prepare a place for them because there is no way for them to be in heaven if they're sinners, if their sin debt was not paid for. But Jesus Christ was going to go to the cross and pay their sin debt so that he could go and prepare a place for them in heaven. And so secondly, I want you to see that fear is removed when our sin debt is paid for. Jesus was saying to his disciples, let not your heart be troubled. I'm going to the cross. I'm supplying the way to heaven. And there is going to be a place for you for all of eternity because of what I'm going to do on the cross. You see, we see Jesus working in his birth. The same thing we see Jesus doing at his ascension. Thirdly, I want you to see this. In John 14, Jesus says this in verse number three, and if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself that where I am, there ye may be also. Fear is removed in the presence of God. 
He said, Jesus is going to come. The angel said to Joseph, Jesus is going to come. And I want you to call his, na his name Emmanuel because Emmanuel means God with us. Fear not, Joseph. God is going to be with you. You are going to be in the presence of God. Jesus says to his disciples, not to be troubled because I am coming again for you. And when I come again for you, I am going to be with you. That where I am, there you may be also. Jesus Christ is coming for you. We see it in his birth. We see it in this, this ascension. And then I want you to see, thirdly, go with me to 1 Thessalonians. We've been studying through this text for several weeks we find ourselves in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. And we found our way, we've made our way down to verse number 13 in this text. We pick up verse 13 today. In this church at Thessalonica, they're living in fear, they're living in heartache. They're living in sorrow. They've received Jesus Christ as their Savior, but the problem is they're starting to bury their loved ones. And they're saying, Jesus, I thought you were coming again. I, I, I thought all of my sorrow would be gone. I thought all my heartache would be gone. I didn't think we'd ever have to bury a loved one again. Jesus, where are you? And it's causing great fear. And the Apostle Paul writes to this church, and he says that to them, look with me in verse number 13, but I would not have you to be ignorant, brother, concerning them which are asleep. What's he say? That you sorrow not, even as others which have no hope. You see, we see in the birth of Jesus three things. We see in the ascension of Jesus, as Jesus is going to go back to heaven, we see the same three things. And now the Apostle Paul is going to show us that the return of Jesus, we're going to see these same three things. He says, I want you to know the truth because I want you to have hope. I don't want you to have sorrow. I don't want you to walk through this earth, this world. Now, are we going to, are we going to have sorrow? Yes, we've been at the, the, the funeral services of people that we love. Do we go through heartache? Yes, people in this room are going through major trials in their life, and it seems difficult, and it seems unfair. But I want you to know this. As we go through life, as we endure sorrow, we have hope. We have hope. And our hope is not found in a manger. Our hope is not just found in the fact that Jesus went to the cross and now he's gone. Our hope is found in the fact that Jesus Christ, he's coming again. And as we look at his return, we find in verse number 16, look of me says this, for the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel and with the trump of God and the dead in Christ shall rise first. There is no room for sorrow. There is hope and we ought to live in hope. Why? Because fear is removed when the savior is working. Jesus Christ, yes, he was born and what a wonderful thing 
thing that is. Jesus Christ went to the cross and he died and he rose again. And what a wonderful thing that is. He's working through his birth. He's working through the cross and he's working because he's coming again. He's not finished working. He's not finished, my friend, with you and with me. We have hope and we don't have to walk through this world full of sorrow. We don't have to walk through this world full of hopelessness. We can walk through this wicked world. We can walk through the trauma of this world, through the sorrows of this world, knowing this, that Jesus is at work and Jesus Christ, he's coming again. Fear is removed when the Savior is working. I, I don't know what that shout is going to sound like, but oh, what a shout it's going to be. The shout that's going to be heard all around this world. The Bible says when that trumpet sounds, when the, the shout comes and that trumpet sounds, all those that have known Christ, all those that are dead in Christ, they're going to rise first. That trumpet is going to sound, that voice is going to shout in every single person over all the centuries, over all the millenniums that have put their faith in Jesus Christ. They are going to come out of that grave and they're going to meet their Savior. Why? because Jesus Christ is working. And when Jesus is working, all fear is dispelled. Secondly, in the same passage of Scripture, I find it in the birth of Jesus. I find it in the ascension of Jesus. Then I find it in his return. Look with me in verse number 14. For if we believe, for if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so them also which sleep in Jesus will God bring with him. He says this, don't sorrow like the world sorrows. Don't sorrow like you have no hope. You have hope. Why? Because fear is removed when our sin has been paid for. Listen, we never have to fear. We're never going to stand before an almighty God and God's never going to say, okay, what have you done? No, we're going to stand before an almighty God and he's going to see you. If you have trusted Jesus Christ as your savior, he is going to see you in Christ. He's not going to see you in your sin. He's going to see you in Christ. Your sins have been forgiven. They are washed as white as snow and fear is going to be removed because when we stand before God, we are not going to hear guilty. We're going to hear not guilty because of the precious blood of Jesus Christ. Oh, my friend, thirdly, fear is removed when Savior is working. Fear is removed when our sins have been paid for. And look with me in verse number 17. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. Why does he say sorrow not as those that have no hope sorrow? Because fear is removed when we are in the presence of our God. So what does the birth of Jesus give us? It shows us not to fear. He's working. Our sin debt has been paid for. In Emmanuel, God is with us. What does ascension show us? It shows us that God is working that our sin debt has been paid for. And we're going to be with him forever. What does return show us? It shows us that Jesus is working. Our sin debt is paid for. And the answer is we're going to be with him for all of eternity. 
What a wonderful thing this is. And look with me in verse number seven, uh, 18. Wherefore, comfort one another with these words. You know, this Christmas season ought to be the most comforting season for Christians because we're reminded what Jesus Christ has done. And I want to remind you in closing today, as we looked at Matthew chapter 1, as we look at John 14, and as we look at 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, I want to remind you today, Christian, you can find comfort, you can have joy, you can have peace, you don't have to live a life of fear, you don't have to live a life of wandering, you don't have to live a life of anxiety and a life of stress. Why? Because Jesus Christ is at work in your life. He loves you. Number two, your sin debt has been paid for. You're washed in the precious blood of Jesus Christ. Number three, we're going to be with our Savior in the presence of God for all of eternity. And when we see him, there's no more death, no more sorrow, no more pain. The worst of what you may be going through in this world right now, one day it's going to end and you are going to see your Savior face to face. I love this thought in Revelation 21. Because it's the one time that God doesn't say someone else take care of this. The Bible says God shall wipe away all their tears. And I don't know how God is going to do it. But Walter, God's going to touch you. He's going to wipe away every tear. Scott, he's going to touch you. He's going to touch you. He's going to touch you. We're going to feel the touch of an almighty God. And when he touches us, sorrow is ceased. Death is no more. Disease is gone. The sorrows of this world are behind us. And we are in his presence. What a wonderful thing this is. You see, it's more than just a manger scene. It's more than just a mansion in heaven. He's coming again. And it could be today. Are you ready? Are you ready? Have you trusted Jesus Christ as your Savior? He's paid your sin debt. Have you said, Lord, I'm a sinner. I repent of my sins. And I take you to be my Savior. You just finished listening to a message from the preaching ministry at Monclova Road Baptist Church. If it was a help to you, make sure that you let somebody know about it. If you need help beyond this message, make sure that you follow us on Instagram or Facebook or check out our website, monclovabaptist.org, and we would love to connect with you there and help you with anything that you might need. Have a great week, and we'll see you next time on the Monclova Baptist Church Podcast.